Welcome to the weekly edition of Beyond the Title, where we get to know the person behind the strategy, the story, and yes, the brand. Joining us every week are senior professionals across the globe. So amazing that we just have to know who they are. Hi, Regan. Hello, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you? How's weather over there? How's everything? doing really well here in Amsterdam. It's actually not the best weather I've ever seen. It's pretty typical. It's pretty gray. Uh, it's a bit windy uh, and there's some rain, but it's, uh, look, I can't complain. It's not freezing cold, so. Well, at least something that's summer. So like, yeah, summer in Holland is, uh, is like that. Okay, so before we start, can you please give us like a couple of words about yourself, what you do uh, and about your company? Cool. Yeah, so my name is Regan Kirk. I work for a company called Growth Drive, and we're an education company. And I guess the short line we'd say the tagline is we teach people and companies um, the skills of the future. And a lot of that stuff at the moment is around growth marketing, around innovation and artificial intelligence. I actually started here a couple of years ago as one of the trainers in this kind of stuff because I was a founder and launched and scaled some companies. And now I look after all of our corporate education and uh, working with bigger clients to, to map out their, their skills need, I guess. That sounds awesome. I believe right now that it's in highly demand, especially because of the coronavirus and latest events, that everybody is focusing on education and everything is focusing on new possibilities to grow their business. So I believe it's like going really cool. So, uh, uh, Start off with, uh, can you please tell me, what is your ikigai? What is your motivation to jump out of the bed every morning and start the day? Cool, that's, that's a great question. So when I saw the question that you're gonna ask me, I didn't even know what this ikigai thing was. So new word for me, so I'm learning something. For me, the I think the, the thing is probably just being helpful for um, for people. That is a really big driver for me, I find if I'm not kind of spending a whole lot of time in that space, I kind of get a bit frustrated at myself. Um, so I try and do that a lot with work, but I also have a side project at the moment. So my background forever ago was actually in fitness. Uh, and I actually launched a side project during Corona, which was actually live online workouts for seniors. So people over 65, 70. Um, so I spent most of my Corona actually doing live workouts with uh, with some seniors and kind of hanging out. So that's been giving me a whole lot of energy. That is awesome. So like that's both being helpful to someone and also doing sports all together. That's like a perfect match, I would say. It is, it is, it is so fun. But so I do these workouts and I typically live stream them from my, from my house. And my neighbors, I have really big windows and my neighbors can see it and they must just think, what is this guy doing? He's crazy. He's always doing weird things in his house. Um, but it's it is fun. It's cool. Well, I believe that now you have lots of new friends. <laughs> when you go out in the street, you're famous. Heaps of new friends over seventy. Do you know what? <laughs> one thing that's really interesting though is I've been running a lot of Facebook ads for this. There's a lot of really mean seventy-year-olds. They were making fun of my website. They say your website sucks. It's hard to use. And I was like, oh no, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I was getting bullied. <laughs> that's something interesting to hear. Oh my God. Okay. So um, I can see that you want to be helpful, but um, is there any movie character or TV series character that you are associating yourself right now with? Well, I wish, sorry. 
I wish I could say something really cool, like something like Denzel Washington played or Hugh Jackman or something, but I'm just probably not that cool. I really feel maybe what my friends would say is instead of a character, what I remind them of is probably they call me, don't repeat this because it's kind of embarrassing, but they call me 27 dresses um, because I've been a groomsman so many times at weddings and the MC, and people keep saying I'm very similar to that. I haven't seen the movie, but it's something around some girl who's always a bridesmaid, never the, never the bride. So I get called that, which is super embarrassing. I don't really have a cool character that I could probably resemble, I don't think. That was totally surprising. I was expecting you were going to say something about business education or self-motivation, and now you come up with this one. I feel, like honest, I feel like the most accurate one for me is what all of my friends would say is, oh, 27 dress or something ridiculously embarrassing. So I feel like that's the answer I have to give. Well, what would, that's what would be yours? What would you say? Um, I, over here, I would agree with you. I'm not that cool, so like I cannot associate myself with with the character, like the cool one. So I would need to think about that. So not okay. to spend time on that. Let's move on. But I will think of something. Not a cool one, unfortunately. Uh, okay. So 27 dresses. Okay. Um, what is? Out to too many people. That's super embarrassing, actually. Not a good one to have. Uh, what app can you not sleep without right now? I think at the start of Corona, I was I was really diving into Twitter a lot, and I was I was looking up a lot of stuff around the research and what was going to happen with Corona, and I was really getting into it. And then I just started to realize Twitter makes me so sad. Like it's just so there's so much negative stuff all the time, a lot of outrage, and especially stuff with what's happening in the states now. So I've I've kind of I've deleted Twitter off my phone. Actually, that was getting uh, it wasn't helping my mood. And I think the app, if I'm now, what I'm spending the most time on is probably uh, Sam Harris's uh, meditation app. Um, that one, it's waking up, I think it's called. Let me check. I think it's called Waking Up. But uh, that is probably my favorite, actually. Um, guided meditations and some really cool, uh, I guess, life lesson stuff on there. It's nice. Well, that totally makes sense. If you're having a great start of the day, uh, waking up with a perfect app, and then you're going helping others, that really, really sounds uh, that sounds awesome. It's definitely okay. too much Twitter for sure. <laughs> well, yeah. By the way, a question: uh, Where you? I believe that you were mostly following, but not uh, posting anything on Twitter. Is it correct? Yeah, I just I was going to say I just watch, but that sounds weird. Yes, <laughs> I, uh, I don't really post anything on Twitter. I just kind of follow a, a select group of people uh, okay okay so, so um if you uh, would like would go back and uh, talk to your 20 21 year old self what advice would you give you yourself what advice for 21 uh i think it would be something along the lines of more so just doing what I really wanted to do, what was really interesting to me. I don't know about you and like the people listening is, I feel like when you're younger, there's a lot of pressure from your family and also people around you to do things which are very similar to them. Well, that was in my case anyway. So my dad's in the military and really likes the whole trade, wants you to have a trade. And that's just not interesting for me. And I kind of went down that route for a while until I realized, I was like, this is not, what I want to do at all and I spent a couple of years not wasted but kind of following that path which wasn't 
really interesting to me. So it'd be well, what's really interesting for, for me instead. Well, that's totally not wasting. If you're trying to find yourself and then by the end you do find yourself, that's awesome, actually. Sure. Uh, yeah, I, I, I guess, but I feel like I would have started off, if I didn't listen to everybody else, I would have gone in a completely different direction. So, yeah. So about listening yourself, what was the harshest feedback that you've ever received? Harshest feedback? Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe there's a couple of things I can think of. When I first started at Growth Tribe, so as you can hear, I have a pretty bad accent. So I'm from Australia originally. And I would give presentations and we'd do a feedback form at the end and people would say, yeah, I love, I love the presentation, but geez, could, could Regan please fix his accent? Like it's, it's awful. And I get it. I, I sound a little bit like, like Steve Irwin or a lot like Steve Irwin or something like that. So that's, um, actually that's pretty harsh. And a lot of Dutch, Dutch are straight to the point, right? I love, I love it. Um, but they're, they're pretty mean about the accent, I think. I actually love your accents. I, I really do. Uh, and I believe that it, to it totally works in Amsterdam. I myself lived in uh, Arnhem for two years. So maybe Arnhem. you've been there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yes. And I believe that it totally matches over here. So your accent is great. My feedback is honest to you. Awesome. Hey, lots of great feedback today. You like the presentation, <laughs> like the accent. Perfect. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to. <laughs> okay. So uh, moving on. Um, besides trying to fix your accent, uh, yeah. what was the biggest challenge that you tried to complete or you're trying to complete right now? One of yeah. the biggest challenges. From a, from a business perspective, I think. So we, Growth Tribe, is a, was before Corona, was a face-to-face -face education company. Yeah, Corona's pretty bad for face-to-face -face education, right? So we had to reinvent our business model and we had to think about what kind of products that we could actually sell and what services we could actually run. And it's a huge shift for a lot of, for a lot of my team is what they were doing before. A lot of the assumptions that our business was built on, they are no longer true anymore. So we've had to really ad adapt and continue to adapt and try and figure out what's going to work for us going forward. And I think it's working with everybody and just, kind of having empathy and then trying to help them try and navigate the constant changes because it's it would it's so frustrating when things are in a constant state of flux there's nothing that's stable it's always moving so i think um just working with the team with that is kind of helping them deal with that is probably one of the big yeah the biggest challenges right now i think um, okay, so <clears throat> uh, what about what are your expectations about what's going to be next? And do you think it's uh, well, at least for your business, is going to be better uh, to continue awesome. being that online, or still go back to offline, or is going to be a mix of online and offline? How is it going to work? Yeah, uh, that's a really good question. Uh, what do I see? Is I see a lot of companies looking for learning agility is one of the things that's really important to them, which means their their team members can upskill themselves whenever they want. So they must have some, some kind of blended learning, whether it's on-demand video modules, but also have access to a coach or and face-to-face -face training as well. But it needs to be really flexible. So I see the flexibility in uh, corporate education um, being a really big focus point. And the other thing that's really important, actually, if I'm honest, I like a lot of online education is really boring and it's it's so dull. 
And I, I watch some videos sometimes and they're talking about, oh, when the internet came out, I'm like, I don't care the internet came out. It's forever ago, you know? People are adopting all sorts of new technologies. So I think the winners in the education space are going to be those who make it extremely engaging and also extremely relevant. I think the, the players who have educational content, which is old and outdated, are quickly going to get um, surpassed by younger, fresher companies, I guess. Okay, see, um, I love your honest, uh, honest comments about that. So besides changes, uh, changes on the education side, uh, what do you think is going to change in this uh, new digital uh, era? I mean, like after coronavirus, how is it going to change besides education? The, yeah, that's also really interesting is, so if you have a look at the adoption curve of technology, you typically have people who are really eager to adopt things. And then there's people who are a little bit slower and then there's laggards kind of, if you've read the book by, what's his name, Jeffrey Moore, Crossing the Chasm, he kind of talks about this. And I think what has happened with Corona is the adoption of technology has happened so quickly as I think we've had, I don't know, 10 years progress in a couple of months. Like some of the things that are happening, whether it's way more adoption about telemedicine or uh, using AI technology. So for example, uh, a bank in in Asia, they are now using just AI-assisted chatbots to do the majority of their transactions, which wasn't happening before Corona. So this adoption curve, which was typically pretty long, is super short now. And our customers are already adopting this technology. And I see that companies need to move really fast to adapt to where their customers are right now. Um, and I see that a really as a big challenge because companies are typically pretty slow. And I think the winners are going to be the people who can adapt the fastest be the closest to their customers and really figure out where their customers are right now in this corona post corona world and get there and see what, like what kind of technologies and things they've already adopted i totally agree with you actually the future looks uh, very interesting very challenging and frightening at the same time because of the way it develops right now okay uh so enough of the business uh, okay. enough of that um, Got it. You, you already mentioned your accent, but I still, uh, I do love it. But tell me one weird fact about yourself. Where do I go with this? Um, well, I'm trying to surprise you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I'm actually, this is weird, kind of weird. So um, I mentioned I was in fitness forever ago, a lot of stuff in nutrition. Actually, in uh when I, was, when I was quite young, when I was 20, uh, I was actually a personal trainer for some of the royal family in Kuwait. So I'd never left Australia before uh, and then moved over to Kuwait. What a shock to the system that place was. It was insane. Some of the things you got to see, uh, the conversations you'd have, the temperature, I guess even the temperature of Kuwait, 55 degrees in the shade in summer. All sorts of really interesting things, and uh, that was a that's a I guess an interesting fact, maybe. Well, it is indeed. Well, that was was totally surprising <laughs> and really interesting. Okay, so uh, now I kind of know you a bit more. Okay. And my final question to you is: What is your life motto? My life motto. That's a, that's a really tough question. And it's also really hard not to be really cliche, I guess. 
if I'm honest, it's probably should we have another glass of wine? I feel like that's a, that's what I'm typically saying to my friends all the time. Should we just have one more glass of wine? I feel like yeah. If I'm honest, that's probably uh, probably my motto. Okay, I want to be a, uh, your friend right now. <laughs> that's actually uh, excellent, excellent motto. I love it. So, Regan, thank you very much for uh, talking to me, for uh, having us, uh, and thank you for the session.